Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. They keep playing like that. Now, that'll make me shake my leg a little bit right there. That's that old school stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so good to see you today in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here today. Look at somebody next to you and say, it's just better when you're here. Hallelujah. Now look at somebody on the other side of you and say, you look good for the shape that you're in. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to see you today. We just welcome all of our online audiences today. As Pastor Corey was mentioning a while ago and all of you today, if you're a first-time guest today, we just welcome you today. We realize we live in a day of choices, and uh, you had to come by at least four or five churches just to get to this house. And we appreciate you being here today. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, our youth just got back. I think Pastor Corey, next week he'll mention it. Our youth just got back from a youth conference there in Fort Myers there at Life Church with Pastor Ryan. And uh, from what the reports out of here, it was an incredible time. It was an amazing time. I think we'll hear from some of those guys next weekend. Uh, they got in late last night, so they didn't have a whole lot of time to put anything together. But we're excited about what God's doing in our teenagers. Amen. We, we're not going to surrender a generation to the devil. Got, got three, three good amens right there. We're not going to surrender our generations to the devil. We believe God has a plan for them and a purpose, and we're going to push it hard. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand to your feet this morning, if you would, and grab your Bibles. I got a, got a little bit of word here today I'd like to share with you. I'm mean, ready for the word this morning. You know, we've been talking about this will be our fourth uh, message in the series called taking the territory and uh, we're just kind of in that vein and uh, and I'm still in it this will be like uh, sermon number four I guess if you're keeping track of taking the territory or take the territory uh, but uh, yesterday afternoon um, I was just praying over everything and uh, Pastor Mark and I were in Fort Myers or West Palm Beach uh, yesterday morning at a leadership meeting there and then um, but yesterday afternoon, I was praying. And, you know, God just, the way God speaks to me, I know it's probably not conventional. It's not the way he does with everybody. But he just drops a thought in me. And I feel it. You know, I just feel, I feel God probably more than I hear God. I, I know that probably don't sound, you know, very conventional. But sometimes I feel God when he's saying something. And, uh, and he dropped this thought in me. And, and so it, I had to, like, redirect everything that I had been working on, on taking the territory. But we're still taking the territory. But I'm going to put this thought into taking the territory. And I'm going to give you that thought in just a moment. So go with me to Judges. Judges chapter 2. It's going to be a different set of scripture verses this morning. And I'm just going to use it as a proof text, a foundation to kind of jumpstart where we're going. Judges chapter 2, verse number 6. And when Joshua had missed the, uh, dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work. Somebody shout the great work. Who had seen all the great work of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, <laughs> every time I read that, I always, Joshua didn't have no mama. <laughs> he was the son of Nun. <laughs> God's, God speaks to me differently. 
Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance. When I die, I want it to be said of me, they buried him in the territory of his inheritance. In other words, I possessed everything I was supposed to possess in my generation. Verse number something, where are we at? Verse number 10. Let me just go on there. Verse number 10. And all that generation were gathered to their fathers. Now, here's the thing. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Notice there was one generation that knew God and knew of God's great work, and they possessed their inheritance. But there was another generation that came after them that did not know the Lord or the great work that he had done in Israel. Now look with me in Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is all who had experienced who had not experienced any of the wars of Canaan, only in order that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war. One translation is that they might teach them to war, those who had not experienced it formally. And these are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Hivites, who lived in Mount Lebanon, Mount Berharmon, and Leboth Hamath. Verse number four. They were for testing Israel to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers through Moses. Notice here that God on purpose left some enemies, left some cultures in the land to teach, number one, to teach Israel how to fight. And number two, to test their loyalty and their dependence on him. This is the phrase that I just kind of like worked in my spirit yesterday. Sometimes you just have to fight your way out. Sometimes you just have to fight it out. Sometimes God leaves things on purpose so that it will teach the generation that I'm bigger than your enemies but you're going to have to learn to depend on me a little bit more than what you've done. So push on somebody and tell them it's time to take the territory now. Just tell them it's time to take the territory. And sometimes you just have to fight it out. Sometimes you just have to fight it out. Lord, we thank you this morning for what you're going to do. Lord, I thank you that you're the sovereign God. You're the supreme sovereign God of the universe. There's no one like you. There's no one above you. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place in the next few moments. Holy Spirit, we give you permission. You're the preacher, you're the teacher, you're the revelator, the communicator. Thank you for what you're going to do in this house, in our lives today. Thank you, Lord, for what's going to happen in this place in the next few moments. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for that now. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Spiritually speaking, I believe that we have arrived at a prophetic moment. I believe... As we look around, we can tell that the atmosphere is charged with a whole lot of prophetic anticipation. 
let me put it to you this way. I believe that the climate is pregnant with God possibilities. Uh, and I've been saying this all year long because I believe something is trying to be born. So I believe that the climate is pregnant with God possibilities because something is trying to be born. When something is trying to be born, there has to be a people present that can hear what is being said. There has to be a people in the earth that can hear what God is saying and what God is doing. The second most repeated phrase in the New Testament is that he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what it is that the Spirit is saying to the church. Because if you can hear what heaven is saying, if you can hear what heaven is declaring beyond the chaos, beyond the unrest, beyond a politically charged atmosphere, if you can hear what heaven is saying beyond all the tension, the noise, and the clamoring voices, and begin to give voice to his voice, we can birth a move of God in the earth in our generation. I believe we can birth movements of God right here in our generation so that there will not be a generation behind us that does not know the Lord. I believe we have the capacity within us. Let me just break it down. I believe right here in Sugartown, right here in Clueston, there's enough people in this house alone that has enough anointing on the inside of them and enough ability to hear what God is saying to birth a movement right here in this region whereby the power of God is manifested on an exponential level. And God is just looking for somebody who has the ability to hear what he is saying so that we can give voice to his voice and birth movements in the land. I was, uh, a few years ago, I was watching a documentary on uh, Bill Belichick. He's the uh, head coach for the New England Patriots. And um, I'm not a New England Patriot fan. I've been a Miami Dolphin fan all my life, so that automatically puts me at war with New England. And so uh, I don't like nothing about them other than the fact that they're winners. I got Miss Sue Aiken here just amening me to death over here because she is a New England fan, I guess. <laughs> but they, they, have the, they have this ability to win. And so this documentary was on Bill Belichick, and they were talking about his motto and his, and his way of coaching and his way of doing things. And, uh, and it was just about an hour's worth of, of watching it. And, uh, and it got almost to the end of the documentary, and, um, and, and it said, well, what, 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 what do you do to help your players stay focused? What do you do to help your players stay focused? Uh, in the same track that you're in all the time. He says, well, when you walk out this door today, there's going to be a sign on that door when you walk out. When you get ready to walk out that door, when you get ready to leave here, there's going to be a sign. And every player that's on this team reads that same sign every single day that they walk out of practice. And there's also one over the locker room right before you go into Gillette Stadium where they play, their home, their home field. He says, when you leave here, you're going to see a sign that says, ignore the noise. You're going to see a sign. Every player reads it that when you walk out of this building, there's going to be all kinds of voices. There's going to be all kinds of noise out there. But you don't forget what you heard in this building. 
you don't get forget you don't forget what you just learned from the coaching staff in this house because when you walk out there there's going to be all kinds of noises i just i think we need to put one over the church i need you i think you need to put one over your house when you walk out of here just learn to ignore the noise because in the midst of the world that we live in there's all kinds of clamoring voices and when something is trying to be born watch me now just track with me i got a little bit of a foundation to lay. When something is trying to be born, it takes a mature people that can step into that moment. Here's the words we've been using the last three weeks. That can step into that gap, hear what God is saying, and not lose the intensity or the continuity of the movement that God is trying to give in this hour. We have to have mature people in the body of Christ. Not people who have to go to church just to be fed and nurtured, but people who go to church to be empowered. We have to have people that can understand that I have been anointed with the God possibilities on the inside of my life. And I'm not here just to go through the motions of life, but I'm here to release the kingdom of God and let it manifest in every place where I put my foot. And so God has to have a mature group of people that can, that can sustain the continuity sustain the, the, the movement that God wants to release in the earth. We are living in the most prophetically charged hour that any generation in the history of mankind has ever witnessed because there are movements. I'm trying to say it like I hear it. There are movements that are trying to be born in the earth. And if you fail to hear, this will be on the screen, if you fail to hear what is being said, then the church stays uncoordinated with what is being said and we end up missing it. If you fail to hear what God is saying, if all you hear is the bad report, if all you hear is what the news agencies are prophesying, how many know that those are false prophets? If all you hear what the news is saying, listen, the news, the, 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 the conditions of the earth has absolutely nothing to do with the move of God. It don't matter how bad depravity or how bad mankind becomes. It has nothing to do with the move of God. The moves of God are always contingent on the people of God. And so when you can have a people in the earth, that's why in every generation that has ever lived, there's always been a remnant. There's always been a people who had the ability to hear God in their day, who had the ability to hear God in their moment and begin to birth moves of God that literally, literally in, in Old Testament times and New Testament times and in the generations before us that literally turned cities upside down, that caused the glory of God to be revealed on multiple levels. Push on somebody and tell them, you got to get ready for a fight now. You got to get ready for a fight. See, when the, when the church no longer, when the church no longer has the ability to hear heaven's report, we stay stuck on a worldly report. When we no longer have the ability to hear what heaven is saying, then we miss what God wants to do in a generation. We are, the church is, the amen of God in the earth. What, whatever heaven wants to release, it takes the church to be the amen to that. It takes the church to be in agreement with God to release the will of heaven. If we're not careful, we will find ourselves agreeing with the masses. If we're not careful, we'll find ourselves agreeing with the tide of culture. If we're not careful, we'll find ourselves agreeing with a culture that's anti-God. 
And then we'll find ourselves at odds with God. Because every voice carries a message. And every voice is solicitating real estate in your head. Every voice. Every voice out there. 1 Corinthians 14.10 says there are many voices in the land. And none of them fail to communicate. There are many voices in our day. And if you're not careful, help me now, if you're not careful, we get addicted to wrong voices. How many know you can get addicted to bad news? And to the point that when you start getting addicted to it, you start agreeing with it, and then you help them prophesy it. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, so whatever comes out of your mouth, come on, believer, come on, church. Well, if it's not good, if it's not of a good report, then what happens is you are agreeing with a worldly report, and you begin to staple that thing. You begin to prophesy that thing into an atmosphere, and really, over a generation, it begins to lose hope. That's why there always has to be a remnant in the earth. And I'm just going to keep breaking it down. There has to be a remnant in every city that can hear something different so we can say something different. Because if you can hear something different, you can declare something different. And when you begin to declare what you hear heaven is saying, then mountains get to be moved and shifted out of the way. So God is looking for a people. We are in a moment. We're in a moment. Somebody shout us a moment. It's a moment in time. And if the church can recognize its moment in which we have been called to, we have the ability to step in to that moment. I've been using the word gap. We can step into that gap with some sort of boldness, Holy Ghost boldness, and begin to give momentum to what God is doing. We don't have to look around and we don't have to think much. Our world is stuck. Our world is faltering. Our world is not going in a good direction. Let me just push on a little bit. Our America is not going in a good direction. So part of the role of the church is to identify the gap of the moment in which we are living and not give ear or consent to the words that are not of heaven. I'm trying to say it the easiest way I can. Don't come into agreement with anything that's not of God. Because the moment you come into agreement with it, you empower it. And so, so what God does is he's using people. He's, come on, look at somebody next to you and say, he's going to use people like you to get in the gap and start declaring the right things. Now watch this. So in our text today, just going to hurry here because in our text we find where there is this generational gap. Watch me now. There's this generational gap between what one generation was able to do and what another generation was struggling to do. One generation was able, under Joshua, to enter into the promised land and with 39 campaigns overthrow every enemy they had. One generation was able to move into the promised land, overthrow giants, overthrow Canaanites and Hivites and all these Girgashites and uh, Jebusites, they were able to go into the land, seven nations more mightier than you, they were able to go into that land and possess their inheritance, and because they were willing to be obedient to God in their moment, if they were willing to be obedient to God in the gap that they had found themselves in, 
they were able to manifest the promises of God over their life. One generation was able to possess the land and conquer, and then they died off. And then another generation came. The Bible says, who did not know war, and they did not experience the wars of Canaan. This is what became interesting to me. Because even though one generation had some progress, even though one generation had some victories, and one generation was able to establish some momentum, the next generation that was rising did not know war, and they did not know the works of God that was in Israel. Mm. We are always one generation away from extinction. God don't have grandchildren. He has sons and daughters. You know, America is only one generation away from its freedoms. And if the church don't take its place now, if, if we don't rise to the moment, the gap that's been presented to us now, don't, the kids that are in our children's church and our, our, our youth guys on all these, all of our young people, if we don't overcome what's in the gap today, that generation don't have a fighting chance. They will grow up in a day where they do not know the works of God and they don't know the power of God. There are churches in America today that have preachers that are standing behind the pulpit who have never seen miracles. There are people in their congregation who have never seen miracles. And I'm saying it's time the church to reclaim some things. It's time the church to pull some things back where the power of God begins to get manifested. There are churches today that don't even have altar services. There are churches today that will give you a 20 minute worship service with a 20 minute message and get you in and get you out as fast as we can and we wonder why we're losing our nation we wonder why we're losing our children we wonder why we're losing the very freedoms from which God has ordained us to possess it's because there is a generation that don't identify the gap we have to identify the moment and not miss the opportunity that God has for us we have in our midst this emerging generation that don't know the battles that's been fought. They don't know the price that was paid to get us to where we are now. See, the problem is when you've been raised in the land of promise, when you've been raised in the land of milk and honey, sometimes you don't appreciate it like you should because you weren't the ones fighting for it. Can't find no help in this Holy Ghost church. And, and if you look at our nation, we, we, this is, I mean, this is, I've, I've traveled the world. This is the greatest nation on the planet. People are not leaving their country to get to this country because it's a bad place. People are leaving their countries because they understand the freedoms and the values and the democracy of which we adhere to. And they know there's something on it that's not like any other place on the planet. And when you have a generation that's being raised, right under our noses that never fought for anything, that never pushed for anything, that never suffered for anything, that never had to overcome anything, they begin to take the milk and honey for free. When you didn't, when you didn't do anything to earn it, you don't appreciate it as much. Huh? It's, it, it, then, it get, then it's easy to live off of somebody else's labor. It gets easy to live off of somebody else's sacrifice. 
It gets easy to live off of somebody else's serving and somebody else's giving. We call those overweight believers. You just come in and you just, you're a consumer. You just come in and you consume everything, but you never give anything. But God, the Bible says in our text that he left some enemies so that that might teach them to war. You don't conquer something without a fight. You don't overthrow territories and strongholds without a fight. How many know that your spiritual life don't even develop without a fight? You, you, you don't get from point A to point B without a fight. There are demons and doctrines of devils and there are evil forces that are at you every single day to try to discourage you, to wear out the saints, to make you feel tired and weary and cause you to lose your focus and your hope. And you don't, listen, you, I, I, maybe you do. I don't, I don't get up every morning and say, whoo, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to be rejoicing. I'm in a wrong church. I can tell you that right now. Y'all are way too spiritual for me. There are some days I get up and I have to say, oh, Lord, I don't even feel like I'm saved. I, 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 I can't even find a praise. I'm just being real. Y'all being fake. Fake news. You, you, some, some days you get up and you don't feel like it. But how many know that there's something else that, that begins to click and you realize, had it not been for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. So you begin to muster up this faith, this courage, this boldness, and you begin to attack the things that are attacking you. If you just sit there and roll over and play dead and pull down the shades and shut the windows, all of a sudden you start living in a realm of darkness. God didn't call us to darkness. He called us to be the light in the midst of darkness so that we could overthrow the powers of hell. So, 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 so God left some enemies. To teach them, these are God's words, to teach them how to fight, to teach them to stand for something, to teach them not to listen to the majority of the mass, to teach them that you're not going to get here and overcome without a fight. I'm going to leave some enemies on purpose. Not only am I going to teach you how to fight, but I'm going to teach you how to depend on me. I'm going to teach you that my power is greater than your enemy's power. I'm going to teach you that if you will trust in me, if you will put your confidence in me, I will validate you. I will stand with you in the midst of hell and chaos and unrest, and I'll be a God to you, and I'll help you overcome the resistance of the powers of the enemy. God will allow you to walk through things so that development can take place in you. So that you can occupy while you conquer. The purpose of war is for occupation. It's not about just about the battle. It's part of it. But what, what's going on in the battle is more important about what's happening in you than the battle that you're fighting. So when you engage in the fight, when you begin to put your hands to the plow, when you begin to press into the promises of God, then you begin to mature in the things of God. Paul said it best in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. He says, these momentary light afflictions 
are producing for us a far more greater weight of glory. While we look not at the things that we can see, but we look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that we not see is eternal. In other words, Paul said, I've gone through a lot, but these things are just momentary light afflictions. These, thi these, things, these things are producing a glory that gets transferred to the next generation. That's why we have to fight. That's why in your home, you better be fighting for everybody under your breath. You better be fighting for your kids. I'm going to tell you, if you don't disciple your kids, the world will. If you don't train your kids, the world will. And, and we, we are living in systems. We are living in under, we're, listen, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to get political with you, but the political systems that have invaded the space of, 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 of ordinary citizens have become corrupt, they have become evil, and they are pushing that agenda into your house, into your head, and into your children's head, and we just send them like a lamb to the slaughter. You better have some fight in you at your house, and you better say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to fight for something. When they bury me, they're going to bury me in the place of my inheritance. you got to have a fight. Something's got to rise up on the inside of you so that you'll fight. Because of the times in which we live. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm about to get there. Because of the times in which we live, we don't have the luxury of sitting around not doing anything because there's a generation, including us, that needs our attention. We have to make sure that we don't lose the momentum, the continuity. We don't lose the, the generational anointings that's been passed down. That's why God always had to remind them, you got to go back and redig the wells of your fathers. You got to get the wells of your fathers flowing again. You got, you got to get something moving again because a dead well, a stopped up well is useless to anybody. You got to get it flowing. You got to get it moving. That's why you got to have some continuity. There's a, um, some, some stats that have come out dealing with the millennials. This, I think this will be on the screen for you. The millennials are that age group between 1981, 1996, somewhere in anywhere from 22, 23 to 38 years old. I'm not a millennial. Found that out. But this is what, this is what we have to help. Only 4% of millennials are Bible-believing Christians. This is just in America. Only 4%. 81% approve of same-sex marriage. Six out of ten believe abortion should be legal. 32% of them are non-religious. means they have no religious affiliation whatsoever. This is, the, this, is, this, this is the generation in tow right now. And then there's a generation behind them, generation, what, X or Zs, YZ. They call them Zs because they're always asleep. <laughs> they're just out there. <clears throat> That's the battle. You know why it's easy to pass laws that are not godly? Because you've got a generation that's not godly. And you know why you got a generation that's not godly? It's because their fathers and their mothers didn't teach them. We're looking at the world and we're blaming everything on the world. We're blaming everything on government. I'm blaming everything on the church. 
The church ought to be teaching our kids. The church ought to be teaching our generation. You've heard me say it a bunch of times. I don't need my kids to pray in school. I wish they would. I wish they would open it up. But I don't have to have my kids pray in school. I'll teach my kids how to pray. I'll teach my kids how to pray in my own house so that when they get to school, they know how to release a prayer if they have to. So, 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 so what's going on in our culture, in our society, there's a generation at stake. That's why laws get passed so easily without a fight. And the church is silent. Up until now. I believe when you live in darkness long enough, you finally get tired of it. And, and what's going on now is a generation that does not know war. They don't have any battle experience. And they don't know the work of God. That's been in the land. We see this happening right now. You know why it's easy to stomp or burn the American flag? It's because when you didn't do anything to preserve the freedoms that even gives you the right to protest, it ain't hard for you to burn it. It's easy to shout and say we're going to defund or dismantle law enforcement. It's easy to do that and say that when you never patrolled one street for the sake of somebody else. And stats have proven only 1% of law enforcement is not good. 697,000 law enforcers in the United States and only 1% of them is bad and we're going to defund, we're going to dismantle. I say we defund and dismantle government, politicians, so that the power of God can be manifested in our day. See, only one, we got... Just 1% that are bad. And you know what? We got to deal with that 1%. We got to fix the systems. We got to correct some things. I'm, I, I get all that. But we got more people in government, political politicians, that are more crooked than the 1%. And if we would throw the book at them, you talking about messing up a Washington, D.C., there would be people in jail for the rest of their life. And I say, God, either remove them or throw them in jail. Do what you got to do. But let the righteousness of God rise in our land. Let it rise. It's easy to stay divided when you weren't the one on the end of a water hose back in the 60s. It's easy to stay divided when you wouldn't get beat up with a billy club. It's easy to stay divided and stay a racist. When you didn't do anything to secure racial freedom in our land. When you don't have any skin in the game. When you don't have no investment in it. Then it's easy for you not to care. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to find somebody here in a minute. And that's, it's easy for you. Now I'm not talking about y'all. This is my expression. That's how I type my notes. It's easy to burn businesses. When you've never started one. It's easy to threaten other people's property when you don't own none. And you didn't work for anything to have it. 
It's easy to you to be a, a, a trust fund baby. I just heard that the other day. It's easy for you to be a trust fund baby, and you don't have to work. You don't have to grind it out. You don't have it. You don't have the problems that most people have when everything's just given to you. That's why when God said to this generation, he said, you went in and you fought, but there was a generation that came behind you. They didn't know war. They didn't know the power of my service to them because they slept in their day. It relates to the church. There are people, even in this house, just locally. There wasn't no people. All y'all weren't here when we started New Harvest. Some of y'all weren't here when the times of struggle, when we had to sacrifice. Wasn't no bailout. Still ain't. <laughs> Believing for property and buildings. Some of y'all that were here can remember those early days. We would call the church to fast. And the church would step up and fast. Not just a few, I'm talking about the majority. We call for a prayer meeting and people would show up. People would fast and pray. We'd ask people to help us put things together, work when you get out, when you're out of work, come and help the church put some things together. People would show up. People put their time, energy, and focus and labor into it. They begin to work towards the things of God. You have a generation that grows up that never had to do nothing. Just sit in here and enjoy the anointing. Say, we, we got prayer meeting on Tuesday night. We need you to help us come and pray. I don't need to help pray. I'm just going to go home and eat my Twinkie. Y'all, don't look at nobody. You're going to give yourself away. Stay sir, right here, right here, right here. Just keep watching me. Call the church to fast. Get a handful of people. Call a picnic barbecue. You bring your neighbors. <laughs> and it don't fault nobody that wouldn't hear that. We, everything you see we built because we knew you were coming. We saw something in front of us. I met with a guy the other day talking about a building plan. He said, you're going to build it? I said, just as sure as the sun rises. He said, what you going to do about COVID? I said, what COVID? It'll be gone in a couple of weeks. What you going to do about the unrest? What you going to do about the economic downturn? Society has never determined the will of God. Society doesn't turn, determine the moves of God. All God needs is a people that say, you know what, I'll give. I'll, 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 I'll put my heart into it. I'll put my labor into it. I'll put my trust into it. I'll pray. I'll fast. I'll show up. I'll get involved. <laughs> the problem is sometimes, many times, with Israel, it's because there was a lack of leadership. Let me just say this about prayer while we're here, since I felt that. God calls us to pray so that we don't have to wonder about our future. God calls us to pray so that we can create it. That's a tweetable moment right there. He calls us to pray so that we can create it through the knowledge of his word and his plan and his purposes. Do you realize that God gives his church the access to the future? 
now. The future is not someday. The future is now. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. When you look at the conditions of the world, it's easy to lose heart. It's easy to faint at all of it. That's why you have to look to God. Your prayer life is an indication of your spiritual life. If you only pray when you have a crisis, you've got a weak spiritual life. When you pray, you begin to hear God clearly. Not just at corporate prayer. I'm talking about even in your own home, your life. You should be a walking prayer somebody. Paul said, I pray without ceasing. That means he went to a prayer meeting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No, no, he just constantly had a communication with God. And I mean, you know, you ain't got to be in Walmart just like talking out loud, like you and God talking to just disrupt the whole aisle. You ain't got to look like you just stepped off the mothership. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I pray under my breath. I can be in a meeting and praying under my breath. I can be faced with decision. I'm saying, you, you, I'm, praying, I'm praying hard under my breath. Because I believe God speaks. God calls us to pray and to pray for his kingdom to manifest itself not futuristically. I don't want to live in a generation that puts something way out there. I know there are some things that we won't always get to see or get to do or get to be a part of, but there are some things that God puts in our time. That's why you got to have people that understand the power of praying. The problem with this particular group of Israelites, there was a lack of leadership. And I'm, I'm relating this to the church in America. The reason why our nation is in the condition that's in it is because there's been a lack of leadership. we still got churches that are shut down. And I don't mean to offend nobody. I know people are going to get sideways with me, but that's a lack of leadership. Don't say it's for the safety of the people. It's because of a lack of faith. Because your people are still going to Walmart. They're still going to the mall. They're still doing what they want to do. They're still, they, they still hanging out. It's been a lack of, let me show you something. Look with me in Isaiah. Is this all right? I only got a few minutes left. I'm going to preach it in a minute. Isaiah chapter 3. Look how this plays out. Isaiah chapter 3, verse number 4. And I will make mere lads or children their princes, and the capricious children will rule over them and the people will be oppressed. Notice that Isaiah, in this particular gap, this particular time in his history, the nation was being ruled by children, and the people were oppressed because of it. That word depressed literally means to be in distress, to exert demanding pressure, a taskmaster or a tyrant. We can see this in our day. When nations are being led by people who have positions of authority but have no maturity in them, the people stay oppressed. I'm trying to help us understand. I'm not, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying the, the, the gap that we're in right now, there are some people that don't need to be in office. 
because they act like children at a cafeteria food fight. And the people are being oppressed. The people are being oppressed because of their leadership. And nothing gets transferred to the next generation. The only remedy is for the church to rise up and make sure that the next generation understands we didn't get here just because we had it together. We got here because somebody put some blood, sweat, and tears into it. Somebody fought for the freedom that I get to stand under and wave my protest. Somebody fought for the liberties that I get to have and enjoy today. You know, there are people around the world that wish you could have what we got right now, wish that they could be doing what we're doing right now, where they could worship God in freedom and expression without the, without the tyranny of a dictator coming in and arresting them and throwing them in jail and trying to even imprison them. We get the luxury that most of the world never has. We get the you get to sit on a padded pew with an air condition in the summertime and heat in the winter. You, that's the three days of winter you get heat. You get to sit in here all these days of your life, and we don't even we take it all for granted. We just like well, this is always always going to be. It won't always be like this as long as wrong people are leading the people and the land stays in oppression. That's why the church has to take initiative and put a fight back into it. Let me show you something real quick. Oh, Lord, look with me in Luke. Is this all right? I know we got to go. Pastor Porter, you guys might as well come because I'm going to have to end it right here. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I'm just going to, I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it really quick here. This, this, Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. And it happened while Jesus was praying, somebody shout praying, in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples how to pray. They were, Jesus' disciples were watching John's disciples, because John taught his disciples how to pray. They took notice of it. Jesus, John's disciples know how to pray. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've experienced it. Lord, will you teach us how to pray? When you're trying to give birth to something, when you're trying to push the agenda of God into the earth or into a territory, prayer is essential for strength. Now watch this, to understand John, John the Baptist, this is who he's talking about, to understand John, you got to go all the way back to Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah comes to the temple every year with her husband Elkanah to offer sacrifice in the temple. Hannah comes to the temple barren. She's coming to the temple because she wants something from God. She's coming to the temple with a prayer because she has this intuition, this whatever you want to call it, this feeling that I should be pregnant. So she's coming to the temple to pray. This, that was her custom in those days and to sacrifice because she wants a son. She wants to give birth to a Samuel. Finally, you know the story. Hannah, who was barren, became pregnant. Gives birth to a Samuel. Who was Samuel? He was the prophet of Israel. 
The Bible says about Samuel, 1 Samuel 3, 19, that none of his words fell to the ground. And if you keep going, you find out that coming through the lineage of Samuel, there's a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah was the one. You want to talk about continuity. You want to talk about momentum. You want to talk about the, the extended anointing being passed down to generation after generation. Elijah was the one who stood in his land, in his gap, in his day, and spoke to the spirit of Jezebel. Yeah. And he said, it's not going to rain until I say so. When the whole land was under a curse, when all of Israel, the church, had forsaken God and chased idols. That's going on in America. We, the, the church has more idols than the world has. Elijah comes on the scene. I'm, I'm trying to hurry because we've got to go. Elijah comes on the scene. He speaks to Jezebel which is operating in our day today, the spirit of Jezebel. He says, I'm coming into this land to uproot your authority. And I'm coming into this land to overthrow your power. And I'm coming with a word in my mouth. I'm coming with an anointing on my life. I'm coming with an assignment on my mantle. I'm coming into the land. And Elijah was able to stand in his place of power. And he began to rebuke and overthrow because back in his day, Elijah was taught through his lineage that when Samuel prophesied, not one word fell to the ground. Yeah. God, I want my children to come after me and say, man, my daddy would stay up. And he would preach, he would pray, and he would prophesy, and God would hear his prayers. God would move when my daddy prayed. Come on, Pastor. Come on. I want there to be a lineage. I want there to be a continuity. There has to be a connection. So here, here we go. And here's Elijah. This is his thought process. This is not in your Bible. You just got to work with me here. Elijah was probably thinking, if God could do that through Samuel, he can do it through somebody else. And God's looking to do something in a generation. Yes, yes. God's looking for a generation that will rise up ah, and say to the darkness that's in our land, we got it from here, God. We understand our assignment. Yeah. We understand the moment that we're living in. We understand the gap that we have been placed in. I'm not looking for God to do something. God is looking for me to cooperate with what he has already established. Yeah. Coming down through the linen, you, you can stand, that's all right, you can stand, that way we can go. Coming down through the generations of Elijah, I'm trying to get to John, that's where we started. Lord, teach us to pray like John's disciples taught him to pray, because in the lineage of Elijah was John. John the Baptist, born out of barrenness. Whew. John's mama, Elizabeth, was not supposed to be pregnant. But when there's a desire to push a movement, you can't stay barren all the days of your life. Sooner or later, there's going to be an intense desire to give birth to what you feel you should have. Whew. When John 
the baptizer, John the Baptist, when he was 13 years old, at the age of having this bar mitzvah and entering into the age of eligibility to be a public priest, to take public worship, he forfeits the priesthood and he goes into the wilderness and he begins to cry out. He goes into the wilderness and became a voice crying in the wilderness. I'm trying to say to us today, he knows, John knew that there was a movement coming in the earth and he was the voice to give birth to the movement and to prepare a way for the coming of God's kingdom in the earth. What I'm trying to say to this, ladies and gentlemen, if we could just get a generation together and learn how to give up our agendas, begin to pray and become that voice of God in the earth, we can give voice to a movement that I will believe, I'm going to prophesy to you, that will overthrow this nation where righteousness and justice will once again rule in our nation and the oppressed will be set free. The captives will be set free. Those that are downtrodden will be liberated. It's the voice of God. It's the voice of God. We're not here to further our agenda. So when Jesus gets back to his disciples, when he says, Lord, teach us to pray like John's disciples taught them to pray. She said, when you pray, you pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He wouldn't tell his disciples to pray for something that's going to be way down the road that you don't get to partake of. He's saying, when you pray in your day, when you pray in this generational gap, you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let it be done on earth just like it is in heaven, not for a future day, but you let the kingdom of God manifest right here in the midst of your own generation. There's a mandate. There's a mandate. I'm afraid if we're not careful, we'll have to apologize to the generations around us because we built church light. They're living in a generation full of information, but they're separated from wisdom. And we can't allow the instability around us to become the instability within us. God's called the church to take its place. I got way more than I got time to preach. Somebody's got to be the bridge. Somebody's got to be the burden bearer. Somebody's got to be willing to get cut, get ostracized. If you think you stand up for God and everybody's going to like you, you're in the wrong camp. Jesus was crucified because he disturbed the systems. He disturbed the systems. He was a threat to his society. He was a threat to the governments of his day. The reason why... They're having all this political stuff that's going on. It's to shut the churches down because they understand the church is the only entity legally authorized to overthrow our power. They know that. They know that. Do, do, do you know right now, right now, in parts of America, and I can, I, maybe I can give them to you next week, there are witches and warlocks 
that are praying over people in authority. And there are people in authority, this is true, these are facts, that have sold their soul to the devil. There are Hollywood and musicians and entertainers who have risen to the top. And you know they can't sing, but somehow they get to the top. And they do it because they sold their soul to the devil. And there's witches and warlocks that have empowered them. And there are evil forces that are working with them that keep them at the top. The only power that overthrows them is not more money, not a better job, not a bigger house. It takes the church. It takes the church of Jesus Christ that understands its power. The, the, the reason why all the all the and, and, and all the political upheavals going on, it, it, it's not. Listen, you got to hear me. It's not about Republicans and Democrats. No. It's even gone beyond conservative and liberal. It's gone beyond that. It's between good and evil. Right. And you have to choose your side. Yeah. You have to choose it. That's why God is raising up a remnant. Don't, listen, don't, don't think it's strange that Ruth uh, Ginsburg died on the day that she died. Listen, if she had her way, and if governments had her way, she would live after the election. I'm telling you, but God knows how to pull plugs. God knows how to rearrange things. And I'm not saying God killed her. I'm just saying the timing of the Lord is perfect. Here we are standing now. We're standing. We're standing in the cap. We're standing in the moment. And this ain't the time to be sticking our head in the ground. Saying, well, you know, God's in control. Everything's going to be all right. No, everything ain't going to be all right. Everything ain't going to be okay. It's going to take the church. Yes. Yes, it is. It's going to take the church. It's going to take people getting involved. That's one. I almost, I, I felt like God gave it to me. I won't, I'll share it with you later on. But I, but I felt like God said, call the church for two weeks of prayer. I felt, I felt it last. I almost did it today, but I ain't talked to nobody. I just, I'm just gonna work on it. But, but I'm saying, if I did that, I know, I know, everybody's gonna come up with all their excuses. But I'm just saying, you, you'll trade your freedom for comfort. You'll trade sacrifice for something that you want to do. And at the end of the day, we wonder why our kids are strung out. We wonder why our kids are messed up. We wonder why homosexuality is moving and growing on rampant paces. It's because we left it to themselves. takes the church it takes the church he said there was a generation listen can you imagine can you imagine in Joshua's day Joshua was one of the fiercest warrior Joshua's like one of my biblical heroes there was nobody like jo- Joshua went into lands and territories and he looked at giants Joshua was the one who went into the land with Caleb and the spies came back and said we can't do it Joshua had to live with a negative report for 40 years but never let go of the promise He's one of my kind of guys. I'm going to hang on. God said I could have it. God said I could. Caleb said, that's my mountain. I saw it 40 years ago, and I'm coming out. I may be 85, but that's my mountain. Can you imagine Joshua coming into the land and just overthrowing enemies, killing enemies? And I'm not saying we, we kill people now. I'm just saying these are spiritual battles. He's overthrowing strongholds in the land. He's coming in, and he's wielding his sword. Rooting the land of evil. Can you imagine their kids growing up and watching that? Miracle after miracle, how God sustained them. 
how God protected them. Their daddies would go off the war and their daddies would come back home because God's hand was on them. Miracle after miracle. And then you get when Joshua dies and all those in Joshua day dies, there arose a generation that did not know God. How do you get there? How does that happen? It's because if we don't show the next generation what it means, they'll hear the reports about church. Listen, there are people out there right now. I've had a guy say this to me. He said, man, I heard about New Harvest Church. I'm going to come. You better come before it's too late. You better come while we got a seat. Because what God is about to do in this hour... I'm saying, I'm about to get stirred up. I'm about to preach the way I felt God. I'm about to go to, listen, y'all ain't going to see me for a couple weeks because I'm going to be in a children's church. I'm going to lay hands and I'm going to prophesy over our kids and I'm going to raise up a generation. I'm going to put a generation of power back into the earth. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Because I believe God's saying something. It ain't just about what we can do. It's about what we all can do together. But we have to realize it's the moment of urgency. And sometimes you got to fight your way out. Sometimes you got to believe God in the midst of hell and high water and believe God can turn it. Come on, push on somebody and tell them, get in the gap. Get in the gap. Let's take the territory. Let's take the territory. I can't preach it no harder than I've been trying. I'm just, I am so ready to see the power of God being manifested. I'm so tired of lukewarm, don't want to be engaged kind of believers. I believe God is calling for a holy remnant. He's calling for a righteous remnant that will rise and say, God, whatever it takes, whatever you need, whatever I got to do, count me in. It's time. It's time. Come on, lift your hands all over the building. We got to go. I know it's late. It's late. I know we got to go. Come on, just lift your hands. Say, God, just tag me. Just say, God, tag me. Just say, God, tag me. Come on, everybody say it again. God, tag me. God, tag me. God, tag me. All right, you're it. Now do something with it. Now you're it. Do something with it. Do something with it. If God puts something on you, now do something with it. Make it happen for his glory. Tag, you're it. So much at stake. We got more teenagers and young people hooked on drugs and pills, even pills over the counter. You got to have a pill to get up, pill to go to stay up, pill to go to bed. More kids on Ritalin. Some of that, some of that's not even accurate diagnosis. I'm not saying all of it's wrong. I'm just saying it's just it's easy. Just take a pill, chill, let them calm down. No. Let's put something stronger in them. That's right. Put something more powerful in them. Not only there's families in here, we got kids. There's people in here that, that, that have family members that are dealing with the, 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 the stronghold of homosexuality. I prophesied to you last week. There's going to be a great movement among the homosexual community. People are going to come into their right minds. People are going to get rid of their false identity. Me and Cecil Jackman, we talked about it on multiple occasions. Cecil's already doing the work behind the scenes. He's already involved in multiple counseling sessions that he's working with people. He's watching people get delivered right before our eyes. There's already a movement taking place. All right. 
I'm telling you, people are hungry for the move of God. People are hungry for something. They got it, and it takes the church to be the visible expression of an invisible yeah. world. It's going to be a movement. We're going to be a part of it. The best days of the glades are in front of us. That's right. Amen. Come on, lift your hands. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you. Man, I feel God. I feel, I feel his breath. I feel him breathing. I feel him breathing over families. Breathing over strongholds. Breathing, God's breathing today. The power of God is moving. The voice of God is declaring. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to give up the fight. I'm not going to lose the hope of our calling. We're not going to let our land be ran by children. wrong leadership there's a word in our mouth come on Elijah come on Samuel put something in the atmosphere and let God work on it we're not going to live with the instability that's around us we're not going to keep surrendering I'm not going to surrender my family Man, I feel there's an anointing on family right now. I'm telling you, if you got some wayward children or wayward husband or wife or just a wayward relative, it don't matter. Just throw your hand up as high as you can get and just begin to call on the name of the Lord. God's about to visit families like he's never visited before. There's a generation that's about to rise in families. Families are coming under siege by the power of the Holy Ghost. We're not going to surrender our children. We're not going to surrender our family members. I may have to fight to the last drop of my breath, but I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God. I believe I'm going to see the power of God. I believe God's going to show himself strong. I believe God's going to manifest himself. There's a shift in the earth. Come on, cry out. Cry out, stand in the gap. Weep between the porch and the altar. Somebody hang on to the horns of the altar. Somebody cry out. Let the earth hear the prayer of the righteous. God, heal our land. Heal our land. Bring revival. Let there be awakening among the saints of God. We evict the spirit of a thief. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We evict the spirit of a thief. You will not operate. You will not have authority. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Come on, I feel the anointing coming out of you. I feel the anointing coming. hour of the house. It's the hour of God's people. Rise up.
storm coming to our nation. There's righteousness that's being rooted back into our nation. Families are going to be filled with joy. Families are going to be filled with hope. Families are going to be filled with the righteousness of God. The power of sin is being broken. want to be obedient. Maybe there's some people in here today and you're really fighting for your hope. You're really fighting for your courage and your boldness. And there's also some people in here today who really don't have an ongoing relationship with the Lord. At best, it's been sporadic. There's been no continuity to it. There's been no momentum on it. God didn't design believers to live up and down, up and down, up and down. Your life can go up and down, but your spirit continues. The Bible says we go from faith to faith, strength to strength, from glory to glory. We can be on emotional roller coasters, and our lives can just take a dip, take a high, but our spirit is moving. My spirit is attached to the things of God, and my spirit is excelling. I may go through the valley, but even in the valley, God is there. And I just feel this today. I just feel like I just want to just release an anointing over your life. And it doesn't mean that you're failing. It doesn't mean that you're just, you're, you're, you're a bad anything. It just, that you've lost some hope. Some courage needs to be built up. Boldness needs to come. Here's the thing that you have to understand about the anointing. Here's the one thing that you have to understand about the anointing. The anointing is always transferable. The anointing moves. The anointing moves. The anointing is not stuck. So you just feel like, you know, maybe I, I just I got to have some boldness. I got to have some courage. And I just want to respond. We're just going to take a, just a few moments. We're just going to release that over your life. Come on, if that's you, just come on, start moving. Don't let pride hold you back. You're struggling where you're at. Just begin to move. Just begin to move. Come on, take that step and say, I'm moving. My relationship with God hadn't always been what it needs to be, but I'm going to fix it today. I'm moving. There's something in my life that's moving. Everybody, come on. Just come on. Come on. Come on. There you go. Come on. Come on. Don't listen. Some of you, I, I feel it. I'm just, when I, we're going to pray. A 30-second prayer and it's over. Don't come up here when we start praying. It's too late. I won't even pray for you. Now is the time. Now is the time. Don't say, well, when there ain't no line, I'll come. No, I'm just, we're going to do it right here, right now. You got to be moving now. Come on. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Come on, we're going to release it. We're going to release it today. The power of God. The power of God. The power of God. The power of God. The anointing is moving. It's moving. It's just moving. I feel it. I feel it moving. Hope is beginning to arise. Courage. Courage is about to come back. Whew. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm. Here we go. There we go. That's it. Now I need some men of God and some women of God to jump in here right behind them right now. Come on, just jump in there right now. 
jump in there. We're going to turn this into a Holy Ghost prayer moment. It ain't going to take but a moment, but we're going to do it right here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're about to help somebody. We're about to help somebody. My Lord, it's already breaking. The anointing is already breaking it right there. I feel the anointing already breaking it. The anointing is already setting them free. There it is. There it is. There it is. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, right now, by the power and the authority, we call every ounce, we call every motive of the enemy, we call every strategy of the enemy, we call every tactic of the enemy, we call every lie of the enemy, we call every false witness of the enemy to loose them and let them go. We break the power. We break the stronghold over their life. We break the grip. We break the grip. We break the grip in the name of Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus, we cancel every voice that's not of God. We cancel every thought that's not of God. We command life. We command freedom. We command a release. Now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, loose, 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 loose them, loose them, loose, 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 loose them. In the name of Jesus, loose, 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 loose them now, 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 now. Set them free, loose. There it is. There it is. By the power, by the power, by the power of God. Loose, 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 loose. Power, power. Come over your life. Come over your life. Come over your life. In the name of Jesus, power, power, power break, power move. Strongholds. Jesus, I break every attachment. Power, power. There he goes. Hey, hey. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, break, break, break the lies, break the power, break the influence, break, break, break. In the name of Jesus, I call you delivered. I call you free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Power. 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 fight back in your spirit. Put a boldness back in your spirit.
To you 
and all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's yours it's yours it's yours all of the glory all of the glory it's yours it's your you're worthy of it There's breakthrough and there's deliverance in your presence. Strongholds of the enemy. flowing through us. God, I thank you for so many miracles that happened at this altar today. People are liberated. You're liberated to your freedom. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you today that hope Courage, boldness is rising. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Carolyn Johnson, I call you the healed of the Lord. 
I call blood to be perfect. Blood runs through your veins, the DNA of God, flowing through every ounce of your body, restoring you to vitality and health. I call perfect health and wholeness over your entire body. In the name of Jesus, we speak to Linda Haney. We call you health and whole. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray over Greg Martinez's family. Jesse, pray over his family. He passed yesterday. He passed away yesterday. The family's just an unseen tragedy. It just happened. Young man, life was snuffed out. We pray over your family today. We speak life and wholeness and restoration. Pray over Jesse's kids today. Speak over them boys today in the name of Jesus. Let them find God in the middle of it. Let there be a witness over them. Lord, we thank you for restoration. Thank you for a peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of evil, thank you, Lord, you're going to turn it around and bring some good to it. We thank you for it today. We thank you for it today. We thank you, Jesus. See, so I saw a new mantle on you. I saw a new mantle on you. Never seen it before until all ago. It's a new mantle. Because you were willing to endure the criticism and the shame and everything that gets attached to false identity. You've stood your ground and you've celebrated your Savior. And God's putting a mantle on your life. He's putting a mantle on your life, and you're going to walk away with thousands. Thousands are going to be born into the kingdom of God. Thousands are going to be turned around for the glory of God. There's a boldness that has a grace attached to it in you. There's a boldness on you, but it's filled with grace. It's filled with love. And there's going to be a reconciliation anointing on you like you've never seen before. When you reach out and when you speak, when you declare... When you counsel, when you give witness, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come out of your mouth and the anointing is going to so super grip those that you're in contact with and thousands are going to be turned. Thousands are going to be born again. There's a fresh anointing. There's a fresh mantle over your life. It's a fresh mantle over your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'll speak to this because I know... I'm just being careful here because I know the natural, you and I have talked a lot. But even in your career, in your home life, your job life, the season is coming to an end. The season is coming to an end. You're, you're about to outgrow the place where you've been planted. And the season is coming to an end. I, 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 you know what I'm talking about, the season, that season is coming to an end. And it won't always hold you back. It won't always put limitations over you. And you won't always live under the threat of, of, of being limited. You're not going to live under the threat of a control. 
There's a power. There's a power that's coming. There's a season. I just heard the Lord say the season is coming to an end. The season is coming to an end. And you're about to begin a brand new season. It's going to have a fresh mantle and a fresh look and a fresh anointing. The things that have been in your heart, the dreams that have been in your heart, the desires that have been in your heart, the faithfulness of your life that you have walked through and walked out and fleshed out. God says, I'm going to honor your faithfulness. I'm going to honor your love. I'm going to honor your commitment. And I'm going to restore everything that the enemy has stolen. I'm going to make it all back up to you a thousand times more. just praying this prayer. This is my prayer the last couple weeks. I'm just saying, God, wreck us. Yes. Wreck us. Just wreck me. Just wreck me. God, wreck this house. getting to a place we're moving there it can't all be done in a day but we're getting there little by little we're driving things out we're going to go right here John the Baptist when he baptized Jesus he said he's the one follow him he said, I have to decrease, and he must increase. He increases when we decrease. The more is no longer about me, the more it becomes about him. And the kingdom of God begins to get manifested and lives are forever changed. Lord, we thank you today for your glory. We thank you today for your presence. God, we want to be people of your presence. We want to be people that know you. We want to be people that walk with you. Not just in this house, but in our house, on our jobs, in our community. Lord, we decrease. You're the one. You're the one. 
we follow after you. May the increase of your government expand to generations to come. And may this land see the goodness of God. May this land see the mercy of God. Lord, may this land experience the healing of God. Will you help me pray that God heal our land? God heal our land. Heal our homes. Heal our streets. Heal us today, God. God, we repent. We repent. We repent. We turn from our wicked ways. And we repent. Hear from heaven and heal us today, God. We thank you for it. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Name. In Jesus' name. I feel that. Amen. He's been good to us today. He's been good to us. I know it's heavy and we can stay it. Literally, we can stay here. I know we can. But I want you to do something on your way out today. There's still people here at this altar. Some of you just, and some of them I have already moved back to their seats, but when you just find somebody up here and just say, you know what? You never fight alone. We stand right beside you. We fight this fight of faith with you. Will you help me do that? And then just mingle around before you go. Will you do that? God bless.